I'm having a great time with the research. We got to work on new problems. Not a lot of people are holding you to deadlines like they used to, so that's been really hard for me. It was an adjustment to become a student again, but I have a feeling that the most challenging parts are yet to come. I've realized that I've learned a lot and grown a lot as a graduate student. You're listening to Vitamin PhD, a podcast from Boston University delivering career narratives and skills know-how to supplement your doctoral studies. Hi everyone, I'm Sasha Goldman, Program Manager for PhD Professional Development in the Grad Affairs Office at BU. And today I'm hosting an episode of Vitamin PhD, which is a new format. It's a roundtable conversation with three current PhD students at BU. Diane Lebo is a PhD candidate in the biology department. Ricky Magner is a PhD candidate in the mathematics department. And Kalani Kilas Franco is a PhD student in biomedical sciences at the School of Medicine. I met Ricky, Diane, and Kalani through the various organizations they're involved with on BU's campuses. And our conversation focuses on how they got involved in these extracurricular opportunities, how they balance these commitments with their academic work, and what they've learned from getting involved in various communities beyond their departments and research cohorts. So thanks so much for joining me today, everyone. Hi, I'm Diane Lebo. I am a uh, sixth year in the biology department. Um, my extracurriculars thus far have been uh, GYs, so Graduate Women in Science and Engineering, the GSO, which is the Graduate Student Organization, and most recently, Step Up, which is a science policy group here at BU. So hi, my name is Keelani. I'm a second year in the Molecular and Translational Medicine program on the medical campus at Boston University. I'm currently the Vice President of MISO, that's the Minority and International Scientist Organization, and I'm also an Executive Board Member of the Women's Professional Development Committee. And finally, Ricky. Hi, I'm Ricky. Um, I'm a fifth year PhD student in the Mathematics Department. And uh, let's see, I've been involved with the directed reading program in the math department, which was created by me and two other graduate students to um, facilitate mentorship between graduate students and undergraduates in some sort of extracurricular math topic. Um, I've also been involved in the AMS student chapter there and various other things over the years. I'm serving on the Dean's Council in a previous year with Sasha. I am Sasha Goldman and I am currently a sixth year PhD student in the art history department at BU. Um, during my time at BU I've been involved in several different things. Um, the graduate student organization in my department. I've also uh, served as the editor of um, an online journal for graduate students called Sequitur. Um, I was on the Dean's Council with Ricky last year, and um, for several years I served as the leader of the executive board of the Graduate and Professional Leadership Council as well. So I think there's a really great range of experiences here. Um, so I guess to get us started, the question I'd like to pose to all of you is really why you got involved in all of these various different um, organizations you got involved in and um, you know what what motivated you and why don't we start with Ricky. I was very much involved um, interested in getting involved with some sort of program that facilitated sort of um, you know mingling between sort of different layers of the department the undergraduates and the graduate students. One of the reasons I really like math is sharing it with other people 
And so being able to kind of see, um, you know, people at sort of different levels and different motivations um, approaching mathematics and kind of, you know, helping them along on their own paths when I can and also, you know, learning a lot from them as well from, you know, everyone at every level has a lot to teach. And so I've kind of gravitated towards um, a lot of activities that sort of play on this theme in some way, um, serving on the Dean's Council with Sasha was just, you know, a different perspective on education from sort of a more administrative policy perspective, which was really interesting to see as well. So I, I think that's kind of what's defined a lot of the activities I've gravitated towards. That's really interesting. Thank you. So um, Kilani, do you want to jump in and tell us a little bit about why you participated in or are currently participating in some of the organizations you're in? I just try to stay engaged in programs that I self-identify with. I feel like that's very important to do. Though in, throughout high school and college, I've been doing that as well as mentorships. That's something that I think uh, can't be understated. So uh, at BU, I found myself getting engaged in Women's Professional Development Committee because I've noticed that a lot of graduate students tend to go straight through like from elementary school, high school, college, and then grad school, no one has ever offered them professional development resources in ways that they would normally get in the workforce. And if you're going to go from being a student to a working professional, I feel like there are certain foundational skills, soft and hard skills that you need to learn before you go out there and do that. So that's kind of one of the reasons why I do that. Yeah, I mean, that's interesting. And I think it's important to point out something that both you and Ricky highlighted is um, really not only are you both involved in these different organizations for your own benefit, um, because you want to find your own communities within the larger communities that you're in, um, communities that you self-identify with yourselves, um, either via um, personal, you know, um, cultural, ethnic, racial identity, or interest area identity um, based on your discipline and your subject, but also that um, it seems to be really important to both of you to use this time in grad school and even before to um, share the thing that you're passionate about and um, connecting people in that way and kind of be a mentor and an educator um, as we all sort of want to be or intend to be in some form when we embark on this PhD journey. Um, I know Diane has some similarities uh, with what we just heard from Kilani. Do you wanna talk about some of the things you've been involved in too, Diane? Um, so GYS is the Graduate Women in Science and Engineering. So it's very similar to the WPDC um, in that it's, uh, it's there for professional development reasons, but it's also there for social reasons, for outreach purposes, mentoring, etc. Um, and so I, I really just wanted to get involved with that as soon as I could. Um, and then, so I've been kind of working my way through it. So I started as secretary and moved my way up into the upper echelons, but I've always had some sort of connection with them. And it's been um, really rewarding to kind of see how these things kind of work. Um, so that's one of the many reasons why I stay with GYs. And then um, 
I joined the GSO uh, a few years ago, maybe three years ago now. Well, it was just interesting what they were doing. So GYs and all of that was very science oriented. Whereas once I was able to join the GSO, it's very um, multidisciplinary. I got to work with philosophers and artists and things like that. So I really got to change who I was speaking with and um, uh, it was just it was really important I think to kind of become more well-rounded and it allowed me to find out what graduate experience was like beyond the sciences it allowed me to kind of learn about the other side of um, educate you know graduate experience and then finally uh step up is I joined more for professional purposes so um, I think when I became more quote-unquote activists with things from the GSO I found that policy was a really interesting side I don't want to necessarily be you know just doing research the rest of my life so policy was a nice way to kind of meld my my activist side with my scientist side and mm -hmm. kind of get out there so that's why I got involved in the policy group um, so it, it's been both like a personal experience and then a um, and a professional experience at the same time. I wonder if, if other people have similar experiences where um, there's that balance of personal and professional. I would say for me, um, I primarily joined a lot of the organizations I joined purely out of strategic professional moves. Um, I mean, this is not to say that I'm like a terrible person. I, I do other things for the greater good, I think. but. Um, certainly at BU, that's what my motivation has been most of the time, um, and to really develop skills for myself. So I wonder if other people have have similar experiences. I mean, I don't think uh, anyone would want to continue doing these things if they weren't getting something out of it, right? We kind of continue doing what we're doing because there's some sort of benefit, in it, even if it's just a good feeling to do it. Uh, like I mentioned with the a lot of the sort of different education things that I've been involved with. I mean, I learned so much from doing it. Just, you know, it, you think you've seen every perspective on something because you've been maybe even teaching it for so many years. And then some high school student shows you something that you've never seen. And you're like, wow, that's that's really incredible. You know, I think there's so also a sense of investment in anything we choose to do outside of academia at this point, because I don't know about your programs, but for MTM, our first year straight, I think, was 80 to 100 hours a week of studying and classwork and things of that nature. So anything additional that you throw on that, it better mean something and you better be getting something out of it. Yeah, I'd say I got a lot of strength from what I did. I was kind of, I mean, if you know me, you know I can talk perfectly fine no matter what and that's been, always been the case but to actually go into like public speaking and leading it was really quite scary so um i feel like i've gotten a lot of strength from the different organizations i've joined but to follow up on what kelani said i i really want to um talk a little bit more about this like work-life balance right because we come to graduate school and the expectation is that we will be devoted 110% all of the time to our studies and our research and we have nothing else to do. One of the things I wanted to, to ask people about was how do you balance these kinds of external priorities with your academic work? And on top of that, you know, 
what is the way that you kind of prioritize this stuff? Do you, have you really felt like these things are a priority to you or are they the things that get the back burner when you have, you know, a research deadline or a proposal deadline or something like that? I can say for me, um, having more on my plate makes me more productive in my academic work. And I think a lot of people are that way, but I wonder what, what other people feel and how they, how they figure out that balance. I think you really just have to sit down and prioritize. You have to sit down and say, okay, how much time can I afford to give myself? Not like, should I, but I will. Now, how much can I do? You know, I need to work out. I need to have family time. I need to have at least an hour before bed where I do nothing. You know, work backwards from there. Almost like when you write a grant, and you know the deadline and so you move it up two weeks so you have extra time for revisions and then you just work backwards okay have my third draft by here have your second draft by there i think organization is key mm -hmm. and i also think that having uh an accountability buddy helps um and you know just staying invested in both the things that are work related and non-work related because no matter what you do if you're invested in it it doesn't drain you so i'd say with my research i have i mean yes i have small tasks but i feel like everything is gearing up for a big ending and so sometimes it's really hard to keep going on a certain piece whereas like my my work with my my groups have been you know i can make like oh 15 minutes here 20 minutes there and i can get things done and it's really satisfying so it kind of gets that like uh, you know, immediate gratification um, aspect out of the way. Um, in terms of balancing work and life, I'd say that I don't think I could have done what I do if I didn't have a great partner and a great um, boss. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, if she saw me doing all the things I did and got real angry, I couldn't do it. And then in terms of my life, well, um, I'm, I'm a mom, so I have to also think about, I have to be at home at a certain time every day in order to take care of my child. So um, it's been, it's actually been very helpful to have these groups because um, it kind of forces me to take a, a late day here and there. Along the lines of kind of the, the pressure that you mentioned of kind of like, you know, I made a joke about, you know, constantly working all the time <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I won't pretend that that's what I do at all. I mean, I don't think anybody really does that. Um, even though there's this kind of almost, you know, silence. That's how we have to all pretend in, you know, in public. Um, and I'm not really sure where it comes from. Um, I feel like, you know, talking with other graduate students, this everyone kind of always immediately agrees once somebody breaks the ice and says it like, oh, yeah, it's like, I go outside on the weekends and you know it's almost <laughs> controversial right to say but once someone says it, it kind of relaxes people i know some people who have a very rigid schedule and they say from this hour to this hour i'm going to be reading and i'm going to be writing or doing whatever and for me i've kind of just had to find times here and there which can mean sometimes there are days that are more relaxing and sometimes there are nights that are you know pretty long um but you know i think overall it kind of balances out and i feel like it's um a better way for me to do it. It feels like more satisfying to be doing it when I want to do it and maybe take some, you know, do a lo lower intensity when I'm feeling sort of less up to it. 
Yeah, I mean, that makes a ton of sense. Just knowing yourself and your working method is really important. I think that's a huge part of what we do when we're here um, is figuring that out. And it's a skill that is so amorphous, but is definitely one that I think a lot of people don't realize they're developing when they're in graduate school. And it's really important to call attention to it. Um, so I'm really glad you brought that up. And it kind of does segue me into um, the the last big question that I wanted to ask everybody, and I know this is a difficult one. Basically, what I'd like to know is um, about the kinds of hard and soft skills that you feel like you've been able to develop through your extracurriculars and whether or not they really inform the um, career path that you hope or intend to take once you eventually leave the beautiful house of PhD doctoral education dumb? Uh, I've, a few years ago, I went to a, um, an out, uh, a professional development panel on patent law. So that's actually the trajectory I'm heading on. Um, I would say that while a lot of the skills I've developed are useful towards this career, it's not something that I was gearing up for in any way. Um, like I go to patent law panels all the time now because I know that that's what I want to do. I have a lot of, uh, what do you call them? Trans translational mm -hmm. skills. Um, you know, so leadership is a big one. Like you said, like you don't get like, unless you're actually working on like a team, you don't really get on leadership roles. So these give, it's given me a lot of leadership abilities, really speak out in public and, um, express my opinion without fear um and so I, I think these are things i learned i also learned how to work on things like budgets and stuff like that i can't think of anything else that's been um and just group working with a group like i'm i've always been kind of a loner when it comes to my work which is probably why i didn't really have these skills until i came to be you um i would be like no i'd rather not work with all of you because i want the best grade i can get and yes i think <laughs> that's why that many of us go into academia <laughs> I can say um, at least one one thing which isn't specific to any sort of academic or career route is um, sort of just gaining um, sort of social skills in my time in grad school has been really a big deal for me. I was very shy and um, sort of bottled up and, um, you know, in undergrad I was sort of, um, you know, going through a, my own sort of coming out process. Um, and so um, that sort of continued in graduate school, but sort of in a different way. You know, I did a lot of, um, and still do like a lot of sort of non-academic, just sort of socializing. I've met a lot of people in Boston that aren't at all, you know, aren't even students, right? They're just kind of just living their life. And, and to do that has been really sort of really amazing. And it's been good for me to also have that opportunity to be able to socialize with people outside of that sphere and hear a lot of sort of different perspectives of just not only but just also how they're just living their lives yeah i think that that's something that maybe anybody you know thinking about um what they're going to do in graduate school might um, want to try to invest in and i mean there's really no one way to do it you can do it in almost any way as long as you leave your house you can kind of work on this skill and um you know it's been really important i think to me you know it's still one of the best ways to get to know a person is to just do a really fun math problem with them and just kind of 
watch both of you or all of you struggle together and eventually sort of all put your little piece in there and you know you you go through this trial and then you come out and you feel satisfied all together and then you, you just you know their name forever right you just kind of and it's really um you know there, there are people who I've had this experience with just once and I still say hi to them when I see them at conferences or wherever yeah I think that's an amazing skill to highlight I think it is really important to to develop that ability to talk not only about your research and about your, but about yourself and just make connections with people. Certainly, if you tried to do a math problem with me, I would say, hit the bricks, buddy. <laughs> but um, I, think it's a, I think it's wonderful that you find that to be a great way to get to know somebody. Even though I'm very new academically in this program, um, I have over a dozen years of non-academic work experience. So what I like about graduate school is the things that I choose to engage myself in can either be to learn new experiences or to hone or keep or perfect the skills that I've learned in all of my employment opportunities leading up until today. So one of those things that I love doing is public speaking. Um, it's something new to have to speak to the public about science in a way where I have to be almost indestructible against individuals who are ready to just tear me down like a brick house. I'm not used to that level of like conflict. When you say something and you're facing someone whose like entire life's work is the exact opposite of what you just said. Graduate school lets you have it and, <laughs> and you have to have your backbone ready. You have to have all your facts ready. You can't shrivel up and expect someone to save you. This is your time, right? To stand on your own two feet. So that's a skill that I'm happy to be developing. Um, and public speaking was a skill that I had already had. So it's nice to kind of transition that scientifically. Uh, one thing that I was happy to start doing for the first time by being involved in grad school is by creating my own content. I think it's essential that we start transitioning from relying on others for our information into generating our own information ourselves. Um, if you're not creating content and creating new knowledge, I mean, that's kind of the whole basis of what we do in STEM. So it makes sense that this is the time to start getting comfortable with doing that for the first time in a more protected role where people can check you before you go out in the world and do it out there. I mean, it sounds like We've all, I'm um, including myself in this, taken really great advantage of all the opportunities that are available to us. And I think there's even more opportunities for people who are interested in other things and getting involved in other ways and enriching themselves as graduate students, as humans, as educators, as leaders. Um, and I think I really appreciate everyone, you know, sharing their experiences in this conversation because I think it's it's really important to highlight how much work outside of just our research we're all doing so that we can learn and grow as humans and enter the workforce, whether it is in academia or industry or something completely separate um, as well-rounded people, right? And not just coming out with a dissertation and the ability to sit in the library for nine hours straight. We have other skills. Were there any last thoughts that people wanted to offer? I would say that if you're trying to kind of get out of your comfort zone, these groups are a great way to do it. Um, they, there's, there's a nice kind of like uh, 
laddering effect or not ladder or was it uh scaling effect so basically like you get eased into these groups so we don't you're, you come in we keep you comfortable and then we get you out of your comfort zone but in a very tailored way such that you can do these things like you've probably never thought you could do them before but now you definitely can like I never thought I could get in front of an audience of 100 get together a group of eight people eight professionals who could come and just speak on the like the grant proposal um like the whole process but I did it and you know it's it's a very rewarding experience to kind of learn these new skills so I would definitely say that if you're somebody who wants to um, try something these groups are a great way to do it I think a lot of the things I learned in graduate school academically like the math that I've learned um, there were a lot of things that I looked at as undergrad as an undergrad and I just said wow there's no way I'm ever gonna understand this I mean even given 20 years I wouldn't understand it and then you know within a few years I feel like I've really mastered a lot of material that I just never expected, that I just never really thought um, it could happen like that and, you know, could never imagine myself doing those things. And I feel like the same is true about non-academic things. If you if you want graduate school to be like that as well, you also have the opportunity, as Dan was saying, you might have never expected that you'd be able to do these, you know, whatever things it is that you feel like are outside of your comfort zone. I would say on the front of work-life balance, my only takeaway point is if you don't make time for your life, no one else will. Um, I'm lucky in that both of my PIs are very, very big on work-life balance. Even the clinician who's right now battling COVID-19 in the ICU, she is a single mom and she does her best. And my other PI, he values family above all else. So I got really, really, really lucky. Um, but that's very rare. And that's just the truth of the matter. If you don't prioritize it and fight for it, it's very likely that it, you yourself will forget to prioritize your own life. And you'll get lost in all the possibilities. I think that's a really good point. And um, I really appreciate you bringing it back to that because we all need the reminder all the time to take care of ourselves and to make time for ourselves. And I think that... Um, as important as, the, as these professional development kinds of groups and opportunities and ways that you're enriching yourself during your graduate school career are, um, making sure that you are happy and healthy and getting through it during that time is equally as important. Um, so I just really want to thank all of you for taking the time to do this and having this great conversation with me um, and for being so involved and really for um, setting an example for other BU graduate students. You may not feel that you do that, but um, I think it came through in this conversation how, how amazing it is that people are able to juggle so many things. And um, I think you'll all inspire a lot of people to hopefully step out of their comfort zones to try something that they wouldn't have thought they could try because I think we're, we're all able to do that and um, we can really come out of this experience in a, in a great way. So um, thank you all so much. Thanks for having us. You're very welcome. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Vitamin PhD, a roundtable conversation. To get the latest episodes of Vitamin PhD, be sure to follow us on Spotify or subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And you can also connect with us on Twitter at BUVitaminPhD. Learn more about our team and send us your feedback by visiting our website, bu.edu slash vitaminphd. See you next time.